0: Alright. What's everybody doing? Good? Man, that was awesome. I'm gonna seal this stand back here. Man, I love the, uh, the testimonies. Don't you? I mean, isn't I mean isn't that what it's all about? I mean it really is. I mean we can we can come and play church all day long, right? I just being frank with you, right? But that's what it's about. That's about I just love it, so uh, just props, love you sisters, and uh, it's incredible just watching God move um, through everybody, and uh, it's good stuff, so let's bow our heads and pray, Father God, we just thank you so much for being here this morning, God, I thank you for filling this place with your Holy Spirit, I pray God that you would just continue to make yourself real to us this morning, God, I pray that you would use me as a tool just to glorify you, to share your word this morning. God, I pray right now, as everybody sits here, God, that we would just absolutely clear it all out. We would let go of the troubles that are racing through our minds right now, around our bills, or maybe our health, or whatever that may look like, our situations. I pray, God, that we could truly just focus on you, God, and your Holy Spirit, and your word. I pray, God, you would just reveal yourself to each and every one of us, specifically, God, just to give us direction in our lives. And to turn to you more and more every moment father we love you and praise you and thank you in advance in jesus name we pray amen amen all right so we're going to be in the book of ephesians uh, i want to jump back into the end of chapter one first and just kind of highlight a couple of things that really stood out to me so i want to go to, to verse 16 uh, and start here so it says i have not stopped thinking again this is paul talking to the uh, ephesians Just about um, his grace and mercy and and, and united as, as one. So he says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I think Ariana's testimony this morning spoke specifically to that in regards to he wants us to grow in our wisdom and knowledge, right? So how do we do that? how do we do that we crack open that that bible right we didn't get engaged in a small group of discipleship program but he wants us to begin to study his word more and more my my life is radically different radically different than it was 11 years ago i mean and those of you who know me know that Um, but it's because of the time that i've spent in god's word and here's the reality i feel like i'm in a pretty good spot but There is always a place, if I would have spent more time in the last 11 years in the Word of God, I would probably be in a little bit different spot than I am right now. If I would have spent less time in the Word of God, I would be in a different spot. You see what I'm saying? We can get as much out of Christ as we want by opening up that Bible. And the people that you see in your life that you're surrounded with that have the most joy and peace and, and patience and those fruits of the Spirit, usually their heads are buried in their Bible, Right? And so again, it's just confirmation that if you want to see your life change, give him more time. My time is, my, my days are less complicated than, than they used to be. There's less drama in my life. I'm more efficient with my time. I feel like I'm more loving and kind. Um, and I experience the fruits of the Spirit more. And it goes directly back to being into God's Word. The other thing I wrote down is we begin to understand what God wants us to do isn't that a struggle sometimes trying to figure out what he wants us to do and it's by being engaged in his word that's how we know we begin to see what god is doing in and around us and we also begin to see what god is doing through us how many of you just in the past week god has used you in a way that you you've realized in the past week you've been inside your workplace inside a school awesome raise those hands up high so i can see them look around look around So if you're not being used, or you don't feel like you're being used, guess what? You probably are, you just haven't recognized it. So again, always keep your eyes open. Uh, I wanna talk to you a little bit. I shared last week, uh, just with a group of guys, uh, about something called the infinite game. And inside a business, what it means is, is that once you set a goal and you accomplish that goal, you set another goal and you keep moving. It's an infinite process, an infinite journey. And I was listening to a guy speak on this And I got to thinking about our Christian walk and it's the same way. Transformation will continue until the day that the Lord calls us home, right? So it's an infinite journey, an infinite transformation of the old dying out and becoming more Christ-like every single day. So again, the more that we're engaged inside of our Bibles, small groups, WBGL, isn't that an awesome, awesome, awesome ministry? So give it up to because God to us through many different channels. But it is an infinite journey that we're on, and it's an exciting journey. So let's go to verse 18. This is the end of of chapter 1. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Flooded with light. I love that. So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So, what is darkness? It's scary. Like I, I right, like every morning I get up and if all the lights are in the house are off and I'm walking down the hallway, the very first thing that I do is turn the light on. Right? I'm not scared of the dark. Really not. Maybe, maybe a little. But seriously, like darkness is kind of scary, right? But think about this verse. Our hearts will be flooded with light. That's Jesus inside of us. So when our hearts are flooded with light, what's that mean? It means life. It means energy, joy, all those things. And I think there's just this pictorial of somebody's heart shining, literally like a ray of sun coming out of someone. Isn't that awesome to think about? Versus a heart that's dark and maybe uh, black and hard and, and brittle, right? And that's the way that Satan wants your heart, right? He wants to turn you inside out. What God wants to do is bring you life. He wants to shine through every vessel inside of you. So when I think about our hearts being flooded with light, that is God's love for each and every one of us. The transformation, the testimonies that we go around the room, it's because God's light has been shining on and in and through you. Would you agree with that this morning? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Verse 19 goes on and says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness. Incredible greatness. It doesn't say, that, I pray that you'll understand another. Okay, right? It says incredible greatness of what? God's power. Let's try it again. So understand the incredible greatness of God's power, right? Power and blood for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him to place an honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Why? How can an incredible young woman come off a heroin addiction? How? Boom! Right there. Because of God's incredible... That's our testimony. So keep sharing. Everybody. Keep sharing. All right. So the other thing I want to share with you is nothing's too big. Nothing's too challenging for God to overcome. He created everything that we see, the world, the people, right? So if he created you all, do you think that he can overcome your struggles? You better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, Last week, inside of our, uh, uh, one of our small groups that we're going through, one of of the guys, a great guy, really getting to know him, super dude. He said, man, he goes, I've been through some stuff, right? He's been through some stuff and uh, he made some progress and uh, he had a gentleman come and help him along the way. And he said to this gentleman, you know, after making some progress, he said, man, I got this, I got this, I'm going to move forward, I got this. And he smacks him in the chest. He's like, you don't have anything, brother. God's God's it, right? So we got to be careful that when we make some progress. That we put what the ego goes toward God and glorifying him and not on ourselves because it's not about us. We got to take action. We got to do what God puts on our heart to do, but we got to give all that praise and glory to God because all that can be snatched away really quick. So I love it. It was just cool. It's like, I got this. No, God's got this. So a great reminder. So let's jump in to chapter two here. Ephesians two, uh, one and two is what I'm going to read through first here. It says, once you were dead. Because of your disobedience. Again, Paul is talking to the Ephesians. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and our many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. And this is really um, talking about the Gentiles and their experience outside of Christ, really dead in their trespasses or sins, right? So what happens to us if, you, if we're all sinners and if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what happens? We go to hell, right? And again, we're very open here inside of, of, of this ministry. It's the reality. It's the truth. If we do not repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we are bound for hell. That's what Paul is saying here, right? So before, this is what we did. But guess what? We can break away from that through the power of God and through His Holy Spirit. So in my walk... I did what I wanted to do before I gave my life to Christ. And again, I wasn't, I didn't go to church on a regular basis every once in a while. Didn't really know uh, Jesus. I knew there was a God. I knew there was a creator, but didn't really know much. And so my standards were based on what I took in. What, right? What I saw, what I read. I mean, that's how I built my standards. And do you guys realize that your daily habits, rituals, and routines are what your standards, that's what create your standards. You know what I mean? So Colton's a great example of this, right? Incredible transformation through weight loss journey and all these things. Well, he got to that place through changing his daily routines, habits, and rituals, right? So his standard went to a new level. It was here and it went here. It elevated. So whenever we begin to read the Bible, my standards were probably in this range and now they're up here because my standard is Jesus Christ. That's who I, that's who is my guide, my counselor, the one that I turn to. So again, I wasn't awful, but I only knew what I knew. I, I didn't know what I didn't know, and my standards were just based on what I absorbed around it. So we're probably, all of us were probably in that place at one time, and that's kind of what Paul's saying is, hey, yeah, you did do all these things, right? You lived by your own standards based on what you saw, but that can change. The other thing is, is, Are your standards based on Jesus' life and God's Word or something or someone else? This is another piece of it. Some of us, you know me, that I love having mentors and guides in my life. And that's an awesome thing. But don't put those mentors so high on a pedestal that you forget about how great you are. And sometimes we can compare ourselves to someone. And that someone isn't the one that God wants you to compare yourself to. And that's Jesus Christ right and again I can get into the whole Facebook highlight reel and all that stuff but you youngsters out there and even some of you um, older folks is don't compare your life to everybody else's on Facebook and snapchat and Instagram how many likes you get and how quick you get feedback and comments and all that stuff I mean it, it it's all good stuff but man that stuff can eat you up from the inside out right God created you on purpose for a purpose just the way you are right and the other thing i hear people say and i love it but god loves us too much to leave us the way that we are he wants that infinite journey that infinite transformation which is absolutely incredible so let's look at uh, verse four it says this but god is so rich i love the beginning of this too but god how many of us how many of us in our in our walks are like all right so God." Person, whatever it may be, right? We put things off, but I love this. So, Paul's just saying, hey, you used to be run by your own desires, but God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life, we raised Christ from the dead, okay? This is the opposite of what we do inside of our butts, right? God wants me to do something, but I'm not going to do it. This is like a but. So this is what you used to do, but God stepped in in his great mercy and grace and what share his love with you It is only by God's grace that you have been saved Only by God's grace that you've been saved I had a good friend of mine that I used to work with and she was an incredible lady and still is an incredible lady I don't know if she's given her life to Christ yet or not um, but anyways during the time we had a really great conversation she's like i, I do a good job you know i help people out and i volunteer and I, I do all kinds of acts of kindness and all those wonderful things and she's like i you know i know i'm okay i know god loves me and i shared with i said i know god loves you i know he does but you have to accept the free gift of jesus christ as your savior to go to heaven to understand that and she kind of struggled with that a little bit and i pray for her that she would get it and realize it but because it's not about You're not earning it, okay? You can check every box. You know, I like check checklists. You know, how many of you have different to-do lists that you put together, right? Raise your hand if you're a to-do list kind of person. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Kylie loves my to-do list. But anyways, it feels good to check them off, right? But the way that God works is you can check every box and every to-do, but if you aren't saved by his grace, it doesn't matter how many boxes you check, right? So remember that, always put your focus back on God. So, God gave us life and power when He raised Jesus from the grave. It says, even though we were dead because of our sins, no longer, we are completely restored. So here's the thing, I, I, I wrote this quote down, it says, God just wants your heart, okay? God just wants your heart. You give Him that, and He'll give you everything else. Isn't that pretty cool? Power over your sin, power over the temptations that you have, the struggles. How about this? How, how many of you would like to have a clear direction and discernment from God? Right? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, one of these days he's gonna start texting me. I just really like, <laughs> right? There's a show out, right? And then what's that called? God printed me or whatever. I watched that a little bit in the beginning. I kind of drifted away from it a little bit, but I'm thinking he's gonna be like, I'm just one day gonna get a text and it's gonna be God. Like, all right, gosh, I want you to do this, this, and this. Wouldn't that be cool? And he's like, oh, I already have a little book. It's right here. It's called Bible. you remind me to (laughs) say that. The other thing that we get to experience when we give him our heart is uh, the fruits of uh, the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. I didn't put this up here, but just close your eyes for a minute. And I say each one of these words. I just really want you to think about it. These are the things that we really want in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Open your eyes. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Pray for it every day. I'm telling you what, we have those nine Fruits in our lives, life's a little easier, isn't it? it? Truly, is amazing. So, all right. The other thing I want to talk to you a little bit about is God is not, uh, did not, and, and will not make us robots. And those are this. This is kind of for those of you who are here today, and the person sitting next to you made you come to church, like you didn't want to come, but they're like, "Hey, new boyfriend, new girlfriend, whatever. We're going to church. You come with me." Right? So if that's you out there, don't look at each other. It could be awkward at this <laughs> same thing. I truly feel like some people don't come to church or don't give God a chance because of it. They truly feel, and I, I'm the same way. I swear, like I'm going to have to be this some robot. Like I cannot get outside the lines. Like I got to be perfect and I got to walk a certain way and talk a certain way and all those things. And so people don't give God a chance. And this is because, I think part of this is because of hypocrisy, right? Because some people, and I know there's people in the room right now that didn't come to church for a long time because they, they saw somebody that said they were a Christian and walked the way that Christ walked, and then they did something different. People are like, well, I don't want to go to church if that's the way you guys act, right? You may say one thing and act a different way. But inside of this is God did not make us robots, right? I have more joy and fun. I laugh more than I've ever laughed in my life. And it's a different type of laugh. It really is. It's, it's, a, it's a place where it's absolutely fulfilling to see something happen in somebody's life, in my life, and one of the kiddos, and have joy and laugh and have fellowship with people. It's a whole other level. And uh, Christian and Kristen and I were talking this week and we said, you know what? What it's about is your desires change, right? You guys remember that? Like your desires change. So what I used to like doing before, I don't have a desire to do anymore. Now, Satan will come in and tempt me to go back to those desires, right? But I don't have the desire to do them. And and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but please don't pick the desire back up. Okay? God, God will take things from us. We give them to him right so he takes them he's got a hold of them but for some reason we, we really enjoy that thing so we'll even scrape and crawl a little bit to get a little bit of that back but man when you grab that thing back what happens sometimes it explodes in your hand right and you feel a tremendous amount of conviction and all those things and that's a whole other message my point inside of that is don't pick it back up let that desire go and give it to god completely but our desires change whenever we give our lives to christ right you don't want to do the certain things that you used to do anymore. The fulfillment that you got out of those things begins to diminish and go away. And the things that you're doing now to give you more joy and happiness inside of your life than it ever has before because your desires change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, The old's gone and the new's come, right? So remember, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk inside of your workplace, inside of your schools, inside of the ministry that God's put in front of you. And the other thing is, is I, I tell you this, that I want people to uh, be like, man, Josh, you're a little bit different. Sometimes I say, you know, people, I want people to come up to me and say I'm weird. I don't really want them to say that uh, cause I'm weird because I want to be cool, right? But my, my point here is be a cool Christian. That is be a cool Christian. You're like, what do you mean by Christian? Like, Maurice? You know, it's borderline. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, just be cool. Be like Jesus. You don't have to be weird. Right? I'm weird. You are, yes. Oh! your life. You don't have to carry a Bible around and smack people on the head with it or try and do things that, that maybe get attention about what Jesus has done in your life. Just be you. Tell your story. Be cool. Okay? All right. Let's get off that. I'm going to chapter up. Uh, verse 6. Sorry. For you raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. Because we are what? We are united. With Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as what? Examples. That's what I was talking about a minute ago, right? Representatives of Christ. Of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And I just underlined those words united, His grace, examples, representatives. That's what God is calling us to be and to do and to understand. Verse 8 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so no one, so none of us can boast about it. This is what I talked about a minute ago inside of that example. You are going to do great works, period. You are going to do great works. You give your life to Christ and put everything on your heart that you need to do. But it's through salvation and God's grace that he has given Jesus Christ as a gift for each and every one of us. You're not going to earn that salvation. Okay? So saved by grace through our faith. Ephesians 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can what? Do the good things he planned for us long ago. And there's a whole message around masterpiece. I and mean, you guys know how I feel about that, Right? Like every one of you, again, I said it, designed on purpose, created on purpose for a purpose, period. So if you're out there right now and you're struggling with anxiety or depression or self-image or any of those things, I just want you to look through the lenses of God. God sees you as beautiful, incredible, right? That's his view of you. Sometimes we look at this view of ourselves and it's like you don't even want to look in the mirror. How many of you have done that? Like you're so down. You're so disgusted by something that's happened in your life. You're so disgusted by what somebody's been telling you all these years. Well, I'm telling you what, you're a masterpiece. You're absolutely incredible. Right? So start believing that. Start speaking that. Start playing that, that into your life. Because if we walk around saying we're down and depressed, we're, we're beaten, we're, we're defeated, all those things, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get more of that in your life. God does not want us to walk in those shoes. He wants us to speak victory into our lives. Okay, let's take a look at verse 11 and 12. Hang with me, it's kind of a long section. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them You lived in this world without God and without hope. And this is is where the Gentiles felt alienated. Can you imagine back then? They didn't have the Bible, right? So they didn't have it. Only the Jews had a relationship with God. Only Jews, so they were completely separated. And now Jesus, the Messiah comes, right? And now they can be united and have a personal relationship with Christ. Can you imagine the celebration that they were having? It's incredible, and that's what Paul's trying to share with them. They felt like strangers, totally disconnected, without hope, and now they have hope. But my question to you this morning is how many of you here today feel the same way today that the Gentiles felt back then? How many of you sitting in the room this morning feel like you're a stranger, that you've been alienated by your family and your friends, that nothing's going your way? you feel like you don't have any hope this morning? Ariana shared earlier that she got to that point in her life. That's a real thing. I know other people have gone through the same thing. I'm here to tell you this morning that God's mighty power, in His grace, can get you through anything. And we can stand up here and share those testimonies over and over and over again, but you have to flip the switch. And what I mean by that is you have to make the decision that you're going to give God time, that you're going to give your heart to Him fully. Um, Glenn shared with me earlier just the word lukewarm, right? Lukewarm. I go through the phases of my life where I'm lukewarm. What's God say about lukewarmness? He doesn't like it. So there's probably several here today who are in a, in a place of lukewarmness. And I would just challenge you to open that Bible up a little bit often get up a little bit earlier stay up a little bit later and give more of you to him because you can have as much of him as you could ever imagine and he's there for you every single moment but I want to I want you to know that if you feel like you're alienated this morning if you feel like you're a stranger that can all change because God can change that inside of you he can supernaturally if he can raise Christ from the grave do you think that he can supernaturally revive a relationship you better believe it do you think that he can supernaturally provide a job for you? You better believe it. We're seeing that over and over again, right? Right here in this congregation. Many of you could come up and testify right now about what God's done you in the last six months through your finances, through your job, providing for your family. The list goes on and on. But no matter what that struggle is, he can help you overcome it. And do you know why he wants to help you overcome it? Because he loves you. The same analogy goes for our kids, right? Pruitt shared this with me before when he gave his life to Christ. The best analogy is just as being a father and a family, right? And the love that we have for our kids. And that's the love that God has for each and every one of us. So Paul is sharing this about this is what your experiences were before christ without christ but then he goes on in verse 13 he says this he says but now again there's that but now you have been united with christ jesus once you were far away from god but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of christ now it's through us through christ and his example to us made near by the blood of christ so that blood of christ without it there is no salvation lukewarmness we owe him everything we owe him absolutely everything because he has brought us to the place that we are okay verse 14 goes on and says for Christ himself brought peace to us he what he united the Jews and the Gentiles into the one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us and I want to share a story that I, I heard this week um, in, a, in a sermon and it's a little bit different. So, God was just speaking to me when Ariana was sharing about her situation with her mom. And I appreciate you just being open and honest with that. It's, it's awesome. And so, whenever people are in our lives and God gives us direction to, to put up some barriers, to create some separation, we do that. No doubt, right? Because it's protection, it's making sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. There's another side of that as well. And uh, this is where through prayer and discernment and direction, God laid that on area on his heart. And that's the right thing. Inside of the sermon that I listened to was a little bit different situation. And there was a, just a small minor disagreement between a father and a son. And uh, that led to 30 years of silence. Okay. It wasn't a lifetime of, of, of issues and neglect and, and those kind of things. It was just simply a, a misunderstanding where pride stood the way. And what does pride usually do? 30 years went by they did not speak the father was diagnosed with some illness the the son went to see him before a word was spoken they wept held each other and wept thankfully their relationship was renewed and it didn't share how much time, but they got to spend a little bit of time, meet his grandchildren and those things prior to his passing. But my question to you this morning, is there somebody in your life that you just haven't reached out to? That there's a separation between that God's been put on your heart to renew a relationship? And if it is, I would just challenge you to pray about that, Right? because I wouldn't want pride or, or something to stand in the way of God renewing that relationship. Okay? I want to read verse 15. And it says this, it says he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups together is one body, which is what we are. Christ reconciled both groups of God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for all of us. Praise and worship. Why don't you guys come on up. We all have access to the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us. And what Paul is sharing is It's what Christ has done for each and every one of us and what God did through Christ and that we can have salvation. Verse 19 says this. It says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's people. You are members of God's family. As I referenced earlier, can you imagine the celebration that the Gentiles had when you reunited? No longer separated as as a part, but now together as one, believing and serving Christ. So no longer are they excluded from the grace of God, no longer are we excluded from the grace of God. And we are to accept Him as our Lord and Savior. And I wanna end a little bit differently, you can go ahead and grab the lights. And this just speaks to, this just speaks to the testimonies this morning. I think Brad mentioned it is do not hesitate don't hesitate God's put it on your heart today for you to lay something at the altar that he's been pushing you for, for for weeks or even months to do just simply come and lay it down this morning. let's bow our heads and pray Father God I thank you so much for your spirit being here with us today I pray right now that you would go inside the hearts of the congregation God, help them to understand just how much you love them. Understand the grace and mercy you have on each and every one of us, God. And no matter what the addiction is, no matter what the setback or struggle is, that they're fighting right now, God, that you can help them through all that. God, I pray for your spirit to move and make yourself incredibly real to us inside of this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.